should be fine. <laughs> Posting to a YouTube True. live stream. Yeah, this is all live right now. We're live on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so got a couple people still coming in. I hate that. I keep not going to start until everybody gets gives people time to get in here. Yep, everybody's just getting in. So, so I got I got bad news. But Drew, you can tell me if this is maybe just a myth. Um, there's no cork. It was just a twist off. Even that's I have a cork. Bad sign. No, no, that's that's the future, my man. That's the future. <laughs> Dude, fuck corks. I hate this shit. You know, good, really... good point about corks, Drew. Can I pour? Are oh, we getting yeah. into it? I, I don't, think, I don't well, even I have a we're... wine glass. I'm, I'm using a mason glass. <laughs> a, a jar. <laughs> no, it's not even, it's not even a it's jar. A mason Look, jar. No, this is not a jar. A jar doesn't have a handle. It's a cup. No, it's a mason cup. No, it's a jar with a handle, Chris. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> It's my mason cup. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, can I have my beer cup? It's a mug. I, I also my, I, I do my have beer my beer jar. I do have my rec beer just in case. Yeah, <laughs> I've got my rec water. Well, welcome back to the Grunge Bible Podcast. I'm Drew McFadden, your host. I'm here with Ethan Shalloway, good buddy, and my other good buddy Chris Salona. How you guys doing? <laughs> it's just a bunch of good buddies, good buddying it up here. I'm doing great, mm -hmm. host Drew McFadden. How are you? Mm -hmm. I'm fantastic. No traffic infractions this time, guys. No traffic. That's great. Yeah, I was a little nervous. I feel like every time uh, you rear your head around these parts, uh, you you bear bad news along with your presence. But we're we're rolling tonight. It's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How you doing? E? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I'm back in the rhythm here in Alabama, and um. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to be here with you guys. I'm drinking a glass of wine. Um, it's fun. Usually we do Friday beers, and although Drew is no longer gluten free, and we yeah, Drew's back on the gluten. He's back on the gluten. He's gluten full. Um, but Drew is one of my, you know, wine connoisseurs. His friends, you know, everybody's got them. Everybody's got those friends that are into certain things, and. Drew fits. I have a few friends that are really into wine. Spencer being one of them. Drew being the other. So, so that is why Drew get to choose choose the uh, beverage drink choice. tonight. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was gonna say choose the wine of choice or something like that. <laughs> choosing <laughs> choice in the same word. <laughs> I, I will have to comment. I'm not really sure. And you've been to Willamette Valley, so maybe it's out of ignorance of my experience, but um. I'd really like an explanation as to why you chilled your Pinot Noir. Um, it's a room temperature drink. Well, it was in there for about 10 minutes. What the hell's but, the matter with you, Ethan? <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I did it, and uh -huh. this, you guys, I know uh, Chris will appreciate this, is because my dad is not a wine drinker. <laughs> and, and when he does, he puts uh, ice in his wine. <laughs> And he said, because he likes cold drinks. <laughs> and <laughs> he likes what it's called. And I thought about it. I was like, you know, I really want a cold drink as well. <laughs> so That's a I man put, who marches to the beat of his own drum. I love that. I'm like, Dad, don't put don't put ice in your wine. He's like, why? I like it cold. I'm like, I can't argue that. <laughs> <laughs> Case closed. Case closed. So um, I was going to, I actually was going to text you, but I didn't want to but I know that you chilled some wine over the weekend and I, I didn't want to 
look like I didn't lo- want to look dumb, but apparently I look more <laughs> dumb by <laughs> chilling a Pinot. So, <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, just generally speaking, your whites, your rosés, <clears throat> chill those to like. It's really not that for- chilled because it wasn't in that long. So. Yeah, you only want to like 46 degrees or something. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> and then the reds, uh, usually room temp, but neither here nor there. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying it, though. This is fantastic. I am. I am excited. I don't, you know, you don't get a uh, good reason to drink wine often, I guess. So. <laughs> I give myself plenty of reason. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think all the listeners should comment their uh, their favorite wines, and we can try them next. You know, Absolutely. So this yeah. is a very relaxed episode where Drew will be hosting the entire podcast. So that's why we are letting him take care of all of the uh, you know the beginnings, mm-hmm. which I love. On that note, I have a few questions for you, fellas. You ready? <laughs> I'm so ready. Let's get into it. I like let's, it. Yeah. Let's get right into it. We'll talk about the patrons later. Let's get right in. Yeah, this. we do. We do the patrons to start the last 109 episodes. Drew doesn't want to this yeah, time. Drew he wants to get to, to the questions. This is, this is I wasn't Drew's even thinking episode. about them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no. What well, I, was hoping, I was hoping you had them all written out and you could thank them, but we'll do that later. We'll do. I guess I'll have to do that later. So, but yeah, I'm I'm ready for some questions, Drew. I'm ready okay, to be cool. hosted. Cool. Some of them are, might be a little bit. Uh, like maybe we've talked about it before. Maybe we've talked about a lot of shit on this place. So uh, bear with me for our new listeners. But uh, just to start us off, I just wanted to go back in time. Take me, walk me through the discussions. Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna start an Instagram page hmm. called the Grunge Bible, oh, and yeah. and what that looked like, how that all came to be. You want to go first, Chris? You want me to? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Um, so the abridged version of the story is that uh, Ethan and I, well, Drew, you were there as well uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 2014, 2015. Um, Ethan and I, you know, we kind of started listening to, uh, you know, a lot of different music together. We had common tastes, a lot of, you know, the standard issue rock from the 60s and 70s that you get into um and we kind of used that as a springboard and started exploring different music together and we discovered um pearl jam namely the song release which spoke to us at that time in our lives and ethan it was a weird year um we kind of we went through a lot of different things and uh you know we found ourselves in new schools new locations and uh mm-hmm. frankly i guess with a little bit of time and a lot of inspiration from music so um we were kind of uh, that was like before the era where people just started instagram pages for shit that they enjoyed 100%. We, we're trailblazers I, I totally agree i think it's important to say so it was really birth so those experiences were obviously very vital to the idea coming to our heads but imagine two really close friends and you can even say we were right, maybe right, you know, back in the day, write letters to each other, basically. Like we were in two dorm rooms across the country, you know, talking to each other, both in completely new areas with not, not many friends. And, but we had just had a big experience together. And so we're just talking. And um, like you said, there wasn't any, um, there wasn't much social media pages, out there that were i don't know i want to say fan pages or like but you're right like people don't just start like if they have a good idea like hey let's make a whole 
Instagram page based on rural stereotypes or something like that. And then it catches on like it was before all that. So um, it, was, it felt it felt pretty organic um, in our like we were just like, let's I don't honestly don't know why we decided to take it to Instagram other than like to kind of propagate like YouTube comments on a different platform. Yeah, like, that's it, basically what we were trying to do. It seemed like the, like the logical location because we we didn't have videos necessarily to upload on YouTube and they were already there. And um, we wanted to right. kind of share in these discussions with strangers and and listen to people's in, people's thoughts on how, you know, at the time, certainly grunge rock, you know, a lot of the, the work from the big four, how it had impacted everybody. And, um, you know, it kind of moved on from there. I mean, this was back Instagram. I mean, you could only, I don't even know if you could post videos on Instagram when it first started. And if you could, it was still in the era where you could only post 15 seconds of video, I think. Mm -hmm. So it was really early on and it was kind of like, we got our footing and, and we started doing it, um, before we really had any concept for what it would become or certainly for we had no idea how long we would be doing it for i mean we started it in 2016 and it's 2023 now so it's been it's been a long long time um so it's just kind of one of those things that it was enjoyable to us at the beginning um we were passionate about it and um we just did it for that reason we didn't do it because we wanted a following we didn't do it because we wanted to meet people or communicate with specific people or we didn't want to you know get anything out of it other than just being in that space uh with fans that had similar thoughts to the ones that we were having that's uh that leads me into my my uh next question like what was your intention back then i was going to ask you and then what is it now how did it change when did it change why did it change Believe it or not, I really don't think there's any intention when we started this. I think, Chris. I mean, would you agree? I think I don't. I think we just started it to, like you said, have a place to post it, interact with other people. But we had no, I had no, I no thoughts of it growing to, like we. I guess like we joked about it after maybe grow, like gaining the first like thousandth follower faster right. than we would could imagine. Like it was, you know, maybe a week or something. It was like, how do we have a thousand followers on Instagram? Like my personal doesn't, you know, doesn't even get to, wasn't even that high or something. So I think it was, I, I don't think we had any intentions. It was just like, honest, I mean, honestly, it was something that it was like me and Chris, it was a way to interact more like together. And I think that was kind of what made us, that was the only intention was like for us to have something to keep us close. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think the intent was entirely like personal for our friendship at the time when we started yeah. it, um, because we ourselves wanted to share in the music together and we wanted to talk with other people who felt similarly. Um, and, you know, that's over seven years ago now. So obviously, you know, we've gotten a lot older and, and I think the intent behind the page has evolved. Um, I think now, I mean, we're we're much we're much more, uh, we have much more of a foothold and a voice now because of the number of people that, that choose to be around the pages. Um, so I think with that comes a little bit of weight, but it's, it's really just still, at, I think at the crux of it, it's fun to, um, you know, to, to share in the, the music that people are passionate about trade stories with people. Um, it's, and it's interesting, you know, we, we can rub elbows with people that are, you know, actually in the industry now. And I think personally for me, it's, it's, um, it's really cool to be able to do that. And honestly, like, um, 
you know, the music industry is interesting to me and, and to have just kind of like happened into being in a small corner of it and, and being amongst people that are actually in it is, is, is something that's fascinating to me because it's like, why, so, why would that happen? Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. I think that's important to remember and kind of interesting is Chris and I had been friends for like 12 months. Maybe he came on a visit like the year before, but like we had really been friends for like less than a year. Yeah. And then we started like time, like imagine meeting somebody, I guess you spend time with them, but like nine months basically. Um, So it really pushed and like, yeah, I don't want to say there's no business for us to be such close friends, like like, (laughs) because of it all, but like, I'm sick of you. It's so, it's so funny. Both of you. And like you said, like what are our intentions now? I was just explaining to somebody, I was like, yeah, I got to go in and do a podcast. We're basically just going to have a zoom happy hour and drink some wine. It's with my one, one of my teammates from when I was like a sophomore, he was a freshman. And then one of my longest friends, we all went to school together. And honestly, I was like, we do, we do it because we're doing something together. And I think that's like, that definitely has, that is definitely a like the coal that burns the hottest in this train to keep it rolling is like yeah. just to do something together. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, like the question that people always ask me now when they hear about it or they find the page or whatever, they're like, oh man, like, so you make a lot of money off of this thing, right? Because you got a lot of followers. And uh, the answer is no. Um, and, you know, we'll get to the page, the Patreon supporters in a little bit. But I mean, that's, that's the money that we make out of it. And it goes to this show. Um, so it's, it's not really like, uh, and obviously, both of you know, I mean, we were not good at that side of the, uh, you know, the, the coin. And, and I think, the objective now and the intent behind it, Ethan, you made a really good point. Like, it's a great, um, not, not, not that we wouldn't do this if we didn't have, um, didn't have the page, but it's like the page and the podcast, like force us to communicate frequently. And I mean, outside of doing the show outside of, you know, putting the episodes out every week, like we have great conversations and great friendship, um, outside of that, but it's just like a weird facet of the friendships that we have, um, that <laughs> is fairly unique. A fun, a fun ripple to that is uh, me and Chris will call each other. And we, we, it's the last thing that we talk about on purpose. So we go through basically, we got to talk about it. We go through basically everything we can before we go, okay, we have to pick a topic for next week. (laughs) That's pretty funny. funny. So we were, um, we are thoroughly updated on each other's lives all the time. Always. Yeah. And I guess like the, the follow up question that is like, other than the fact that we're all doing something together, why are you guys still doing this? Like, why do you post six times a day still seven, eight years later? <laughs> so like, uh, what? <laughs> I'll answer this. Cause I, I do the <laughs> posting, uh, Ethan, if, if you have something to contribute, I'm, I don't know that I'm going to let you, <laughs> um, but, um, the way I explain it, why do you, um, why do you brush your teeth in the morning? Um, you just do, um, in a way, maybe it's something you maybe, do. Maybe it's good for you, but uh, at this point, it's such a habitual thing for me, um, and I enjoy it. Uh, I, I really do enjoy it. And obviously, there's a um, you know a, a a satisfaction you get when you post something, and a lot of people interact with it. But um, it's just I'm so used to doing it, and and I think you know at the, at the crux of it, I still enjoy doing it. I still like the music. Um, and I like the people that I talk about the music with and, and I like being able to, 
maybe be a catalyst for somebody to help them uh, discover something or help, you know, connect some dots artistically for them. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, people are scrolling on their phones. If, if I can post something and put something out there that reminds somebody of some, uh, of, of an event or something that they like, and it can make them smile, make their day a little better. I'm very happy to do that. Um, so I think knowing that I can do that, um, keeps me doing it. Has, has for the both of you, has it changed? Has your relationship with the Instagram changed since doing the podcast? That's a really good question. Um, in a way, yes, um, because the podcast was really the first thing that Ethan, that you and I did that with the page that really had our names attached to it. Um, otherwise, right. it was always just like Grunge Bible, but now it, you know it's Chris and Ethan. And there's been a little bit of a shift where there's a lot of people who follow the page who must either listen to the podcast or know of it that you know will refer to us and and they see the posts and they're like, oh, like it's Chris and Ethan, it's not grunge Bible. So I guess it's added, like it, it's, it's changed the relationship that we have with the page because I think there's more people now it. that, yeah, there's more people that it's personalized. And, and also, you know, with thinking of the future, you know, if anything ever comes of doing the page or doing the show um, professionally for either of us, it's, you know, it's going to have to be Chris and Ethan. It's not going to have to, it's, it's not going to be grunge Bible. You know, it's, it's the personalities and the people behind it. So that's been a good shift to make and one that I'm comfortable doing and, and I've enjoyed it so far. Yui, same thing. I think that's, I think that is spot on. I mean, it definitely, it puts the names out there. It's slightly different. Um, obviously, when people see the Grunge Bible podcast, they think we're going to talk about grunge, but nowhere did we ever say that the podcast was going to be about the same as the Instagram page. We can technically, we can do episodes like this more often if we wanted to. I mean, I don't think we have a really, I mean, it's under music commentary, I guess, but, um, you know, it's just the... As long as we mention music once yeah, every episode, I was just saying, we're good. It, yeah, it's nice because it's... I mean, nice it's Nirvana separate. shirt, Drew. See, okay, we're done. Quota fulfilled. <laughs> What drew you guys to grunge? Oh like, man, do you, have a, do, you have a, do you have a memory that like your earliest memory of like? I think like, I oh, for okay. me, for me, I have a lot of really fond memories of playing music in the barn with you, Drew, mm-hmm. and playing music with other people. And and grunge definitely ha- like I I always will respect and love people that play music with other people in a garage, garage rock bands bar and rock bands or basement bands like that type of stuff and and that's definitely grunge has that identity behind it of uh you know playing dingy shows or playing stuff that you know isn't so glamorous and stuff so i feel like that kind of drove me drove me into it and i like i definitely like a sloppier sound or like i I like when things aren't perfect so Mm. i mean i like when obviously i like when things are beautifully timed up and all uh, everything that goes with maybe classical or whatever, you know, however you want to say, or beautiful playing. But I do, I love the uh, the messiness too. So um, it made sense to me when I was like, younger, when I was growing up and, and playing music and listening and, and all that, you know, just made a lot of sense to me. Who introduced you guys to grunge, respectively? Or did you just discover it yourself or... I kind of say maybe the radio. I mean, like my, my my you could say my dad too, but he was more of a classic rock guy. So probably the radio of sorts. I don't. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't I don't have one of those. I, I feel like you know 
uh, Drew, when when Ethan and I, when we go on and we interview people that are, you know, that came of, of age and reached adulthood in the early 90s, like, you know, most of the people have that story of, hey, like, you know, my 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 brother's friend was, you know, he, he drove up to my house one day and he was listening to this CD that he got and it was by a band called Nirvana. Yeah. And he's like, you got to listen to it. You know, everybody's hooked. And then we get other people that are like, yeah, man, like there's no story like that. Like, Ethan, we were talking to Mark Hopkins and like there was no like light bulb moment. And, and I never had like a light bulb moment or somebody that was like, hey, you got to listen to this stuff. It was more of just... um you know, you heard all the usual suspects on the the classic rock radio, you know, the the three most popular Pearl Jam songs, Stone Double Pilots, Alice, all that kind of stuff, Soundgarden. Um, I think it was just kind of like by happenstance, you know, I, I discovered songs of, of some of these bands that I liked. And then as as you do with anything you like, you want to learn more about it and spend more time with it. So it just kind of went from there. But um, it definitely... Um, the draw for me was, you know, the the sound, it was loud, it was intense, but it's also, you know, it's the words, it's the ethos behind it. And I think, you know, that's what keeps me coming back to it, even now having, you know, posting stuff about it every day and obviously having a, uh, you know, consistent relationship with it. Yeah. I remember uh, very young driving to my dad's, uh, I guess call it intramural um, hockey, deck hockey games. Mm-hmm. And his pump up songs were uh, "Deep" and "Porch." Wow, they were always they were always like That's the last awesome. ones that, that he played, and that was my introduction. Was ten, and That's then what he makes me really happy. Yeah, love Nirvana and stuff. And then if I would go with uh, him and his brother played on the same team, uh, and that's where, uh, my aunt. Um, she introduced me to my own prison, the album. So, oh yeah. I mean that's that's at the crux of of everything that we of do grunge. here, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my own prison. <laughs> yeah, a crazy album, crazy album. Um, okay, another question I had is, what do you guys listen to most, uh, music wise, like genre? If you had to, oh man, it's always always changing. I, uh, I don't. I think if you were to tally up over the last, you know. 10 years of my life, what I listened to the most, obviously it would be grunge, but I listen to so much less grunge now um, than I did certainly back when we started this page, but also like prior to starting this page and really Ethan, prior to meeting you, um, I wasn't passionate about music. Like I didn't go to shows. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't buy records. I didn't uh, make a point to learn about artists and uh, Ethan, like our friendship was really a big catalyst for me in getting into music and certainly going to shows because, you know, I met you and like you're going to shows all the time and you got these great stories. And I started to really appreciate the art of music and I wanted more and more of it. And now it's it's such a melting pot. I mean, I go through phases and it's just, yeah. you know, I I the older I get and the more time I spend around music, the more different types of music that I like. So it's really really all over the place. Um, so it's, you know, it's hard to pin down. Um, I mean, it just, it changes with the day really. Yeah. You listen to mosty. Yeah. Chris is, it's fun to see Chris's music, uh, interaction change over the years. In the beginning, it was all Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) It was all all Bruce in the band. Yeah. Yeah. But he picked up quick. It was, it was not, it was like, (laughs) 
It was it was not it was not a hard task for him to uh, to move out. He was ready. So help me God if you slander Bruce Springsteen though. Ethan. Oh no no I'm not slandering him. <laughs> I mean if there's one person that you can rely on. Yeah, you need a little um, the boss though. Exactly, he's, he's the he boss. He's the for boss. Reason, you know, I'm surprised Drew's not wearing a Bruce shirt right now. Right, the the, the river. <laughs> it's one of my favorite yeah. shirts. Oh yeah. Oh, I know. Drew has like four shirts he wears. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all we all do. I, I've got I've Bruce, got three hats that I wear for Nirvana, Tupac, and uh, Michael Jackson. That's that's all. That's all you really need, though. So it's I good. don't have a Michael Jackson shirt. Okay, I'm I should one. <laughs> I um, should. So for me, I listen to I I I, I bounce around quite a bit. Um. But I find myself, I really do like, I do like alternative indie rock, like Front Bottoms, Cage the Elephant, Modest Mouse, uh, Built a Spill. Like, I found myself really listening to a lot of Cage the Elephant the other day, and I was like, damn, these guys are, like, so good. And that was so kind of what I was what I was listening to and what was big, um, like, my junior and senior year. And so I feel like I really come back to that style of music a lot. It's what I like to listen to. It's what I like to... I mean, I like Blink-182 and like maybe some heavier stuff, but I do like the alternate kind of weird guitar or weird voices. Um, so I find myself... The, probably the stuff I listen to the most, but really, really, you know, into Goose a lot lately. I tried to... I listen to a lot of rap. Um, like with the with the group that I train with, we, we listen to just, you know, diverse rap and hip-hop. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely bounce around. The only thing I really don't touch on is country, and I've I've actually given. It was so funny. The I heard that Morgan Wallen had a thirty six out song album, and I didn't believe it. So I went and checked it out. Oh, it's My, true. I went and checked it out myself, and I was like, yeah. Apparently, Morgan Wallen's like the number one guy right now. So I was like, I feel like I should be educated a little bit, and I tried to, and I could. I just I can't do it. I can't yeah. do country. Country music's crazy too because like uh, so much of what's popular in country now it's I mean it's all these teams of co-writers and you know I mean the performer almost never is the songwriter so I think that changes for me that would certainly change my relationship with the music and it really turned me off to a lot of it Who who writes is it Blake Shelton does he write like everybody's music or Chris Stapleton There's a so Chris Stapleton Chris started as a songwriter he used he wrote for Adele Taylor he Swift wrote, right He wrote for Taylor he wrote for a yeah. lot of different people before he got his break um and there's there's a lot That's of people crazy. like that um that were you know, it's it's one of those things like they didn't either have like the polished look for Nashville or they didn't have the voice for Nashville or they didn't have something that, you know, made them capable in, in the eyes of the execs of like being on the marquee. So, you know, they write other people's songs. So there's a lot of people and then eventually, you know, some people get, catch their breaks, but it's like, you know, 36 songs on Morgan Wallen's album. He probably wrote maybe three verses on the whole thing. That just blows my mind. It's crazy. Right? It's it's like, uh, it's like a, back in the days of like the Brill Building, fucking like stuff like that. I mean, I guess it's probably up front on the album. It says like who, like where the credits are, right? But like, if I was an artist, I would be. That would be so difficult. Yeah, maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. Tough. To it's say. Like Chad Kroger says, "Get washed up singers writing all my songs. <laughs> Lip sync them every night so I don't get them wrong." <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's easy. A du- Chad knows, man. <laughs> it's a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a du- like it's all perspective, yeah. right? So it's, it's like you know, back in the day, 
every industry was just a lot smaller, right? So, so every business is just gigantic now. Um, mm-hmm. To where like labels and shit like that, AR companies, they'll put, they'll literally, like my friend, um, uh, Laura, um, she went to a songwriting camp that was basically put on by, I forget which label. Mm-hmm. Like you go there, there's a bunch of aspiring songwriters, aspiring artists. Oh wow! You go there to like kind of compete for like who can make the best song, and then that group of you know I think they split them up into like groups of four or five. They then will get hired for like a temp run to write a song for X actual artist. Wow, that is interesting. So, so, so it's cool. It's 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 a great way if you think about it for the everyday artist to get their foot in the door into the music industry if they don't have totally, huge, you know, a huge following. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that's one in a million, literally. You know, more yeah, exactly. So it's just it's a really cool way to give people opportunity, um, as much as like. You know, is the ideal that like Morgan Wallen writes all of his songs? If that's what you're into, yeah, absolutely. But well, that's the thing. I yeah. think that's a really big part of it. It's you know, it's just because I might be turned off by the fact that you know, hey, this musician didn't write a lot of their music. I mean, everybody listens for different things and for different reasons, and you know, people have different you know criteria, so to speak, of like what they will what Value. they will appreciate and what they will exactly. And at the end of the day, obviously, you know, there's a very, very large sect of the community out there who really likes what's going on in Nashville and everything. So it's, you know, it, if it has value for them, then it has value period, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So shout out Laura Hour, by the way, she's got really good, uh, kind of classical Absolutely. crossover music out there. So check hey, that out. Hey, Drew, uh, what are you listening to recently the, these days? What's, uh, what's in the, Drew's ears? The peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, uh, dude. What I listen to most nowadays is um, I still love like dance music. Yep. Even though that's become a little bit less popular in in, in pop music, like EDM. Yeah like, yeah, like Skrillex's new album is awesome. Oh yeah, you like, were pushing that hard at the bachelor party weekend. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> We were out. We were out on a lake on a boat. I couldn't I was, believe we had a Skrillex album on out on the lake. <laughs> that got turned off pretty quick. I got vetoed by everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, so I still love that kind of stuff. Like I'm still um, searching the web for new uh, shit like that. But then, dude, I listen to a lot of classical music. Yeah. Um, I love like just like just even like soundtracks. Like I just love like John mm-hmm. Williams. You know, just put a John Williams album on. I'm just cruising, all good. When when did you start to get into stuff like that? And I know in our past conversations, like your experiences having worked in music in the industry, I think if I remember correctly, that changed a lot of your relationship with music. And I remember you used to say like, <laughs> I remember, I think like we did a podcast with you once when you were still working uh, in the industry. And it's like, Drew, like, what do you listen to? And you're like, nothing. Like I can't after work. Like there's just so much. So My ears imagine- are ringing. Yeah, I have to imagine that 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 probably had a big impact. Yeah, well, I mean, when you're listening to music like loud in a studio yeah. in a very confined space, 
your ears can only take so much uh right literal literally they can only take so much <laughs> exactly just like the sonics um yep but no like it definitely changed my relationship with music in a sense that like when you get to record a cello player or a four-piece quartet you have a pretty intimate under like relationship understanding appreciation for yeah that skill set and and recording it and everything like that um so i probably gotten i gotten a classical music much i always have been but um definitely since working with classical artists yeah i think i've i've definitely grown more fond of it but um but yeah, I mean, but like even even back when I was very very young, my parents were like really into Barbra Streisand. They went to see Barbra Streisand. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. They've seen Andre Pacelli. Um, so I just had a. My parents were into the whole spectrum of music, minus country, because I'm not into country either. Yeah, um, sounds so like I the just, one commonality we've got going on. Yeah, here. so my musical taste has always been pretty wide yeah yeah that's awesome yeah um cool i got another question for you um Let's keep them coming ethan i have to say like this this is pretty nice not hosting like oh yeah this is oh, great yeah it now, is. I, now i get like <laughs> this is the this is the dream it is dude <laughs> Feels good. We just sip on our wine and hope see if he's got a. Hopefully he's got a softball he's coming got, he's up. He's got a next. zinger coming. Yeah, or maybe yeah. a hot take. He'll catch. Hopefully us off he doesn't. Guard. I mean, fucking Chad GBT was uh, <laughs> asking us asking us some really tough hitters the other day. Yeah. So the impact is, uh, of the impact. Ask me another one on, on the economic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I liked it when they asked like, "What on. Muppet would be? What Muppet would you put in Alice in Chains?" Right. <laughs> Well, here, here, here's a, you want a softball. My intelligence level. Here's yeah. a softball. Is School of Rock the G moat? Hell yeah! The greatest movie oh, of yeah. all time. <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm patting G moat right now. Yeah. G moat. G moat. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, we're we're definitely using that going forward. It's definitely. Um, I mean, it, it, it's so fun. I think at this point, like. A lot of the movies like from our youth, from like the early to mid 2000s, they're at the point now where there is a large push and a large understanding that they were not only entertaining, but they are now culturally significant. And I think School of Rock is one that is very much crossed that threshold in the sense that, you know, it's aged for a while now and people appreciate it. It's funny. It's entertaining, but it's like <laughs> it has it has cultural significance now, which is pretty fucking cool. It's important for sure. You know why? Why? Because the traditional band is dead. And Battle of the Bands doesn't happen like it used to anymore. Like they, they don't when, make it like they used to. When people like when you can win a recording, a session, a session in the recording studio by winning the Battle of the Bands and if you had more people show up and you put up flyers and stuff like flyers are are no more. And dead. uh they're I dead. couldn't tell you last time that I've is, seen a good flyer. That is disco, baby. That is disco. <laughs> it's sad. I mean, I mean, it's uh, here we go rambling. I mean, the, the push and pull of <laughs> the push and pull of it all. But uh, I, I, I love that movie so much. It's so it's it's like you know unrealistic. Obviously, that someone could 
be another teacher <laughs> and, like, and then teach the class to, to shake Schnee them. Blay. It's actually pronounced Schneeble. Yeah. Um, it's it's Jack Black, too. I mean, that's, that's what uh, I mean. He's the perfect guy. Need. Perfect guy to do that. It was, oh my gosh, such a, such a fantastic movie. But I, I do believe the way that the way that times change with technology and whatnot and and how bands kind of move to you know singular artists with who was i was i talking to somebody or maybe maybe it was a podcast i'm getting my my wires mixed up here um <laughs> lots of conversations right lots of fun. conversations about this but you know there's a lot of good artists say guitar players that you know maybe they don't write music but they're a hell of a good guitar player. But because they don't write their own music, they never really get recognized anymore because they just play for somebody else. So it's like, they I don't want to say they're losing their spot, but they have these awesome musicians that aren't really getting noticed because people just want to notice the main person and people get passed around so much and... Um, it's kind of sad because it takes away the names of all of the people in the band rather than, and they just put it on the one person. Yeah. I, I think that's, there's a lot of that that I think that's existed for a long time, just with like session players. I mean, there's a lot of guys, I mean, like guys like Tim Pierce even, or like Vic Flick back in the day. I mean, like <laughs> these guys played Vic on Flick. everything. <laughs> Vic Flick. Yeah. <laughs> you guys weren't expecting a Vic Flick reference on the oh, Grunge wow. Bible podcast. That's why, we, that's why we do this shit. This is why we, yeah. Yeah. Drew, you asked like, what's the objective? The objective <laughs> is to talk about Vic Flick. Well, I mean, like, but it, Ethan, I totally agree. And uh, you've said this for sure before on the podcast, like, you know, bands or, you know, touring acts will go out there and it's like people don't know the drummer's name people don't know you know because a lot of times like they're they're hired guns or they're you know they're session musicians that they you know they're part of the touring band and on top of that like as far as creative input goes like whoever's heading that band doesn't want the input of the drummer or a guitarist i mean they really want to do what they want to do and they want somebody that's going to come in and play what they tell them to play so it takes away a lot of the creative sides of the rest of the band where, you know, just because you're a drummer or just because you're a bass player doesn't mean you have good ideas for the song or, or can hear things. And, and that's the collaboration that is lost. You know, it's lost. It sucks. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's like one of those Billy things Corgan like, all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, well, it stinks. But sometimes actually, if you really think about it, that was only, and specifically, perhaps we could ruminate on just thinking out loud right now. That was only unique to the rock band, that everybody had input. That is if, that is very true. You go back to big bands, how many people are there? The only right. people making decisions are the singer, producer, mm -hmm. engineer. Yeah. Everybody else is a hired gun. Yeah. Playing what's on You're the page. Right. You know? Yeah, when the and, rock, and rock band came that? along, it was a yeah. small thing. The Beatles, it's four people making decisions rather than having six violin violinists, viol, you know. So yeah, and and I wonder like how much of that is, you know, the the democratic or quasi democratic um, ethos of rock bands. Like how much of that is because it's most effective or just because that's how rock bands were born, you know, out of these organic environments where, you know, 
people who were friends got together and started making music together. That's actually a really, really good point because like you said, I mean, I mean, you could go back and back and back. I mean, there, you know, it's about the, you know, the, the title of the act, whoever the main person is. Yeah. And, Beethoven or, was the, the sole decision no, maker. No, no, nobody knows who was in Beethoven's band. Right. He hired <laughs> yeah, a bunch of people who are really good at playing the strings and he's like, yeah. this is what you're going to do. So follow my lead. So what you're saying is because life is cycles, obviously. Back in the day, it was single act, and then people wanted more, you know, say into it. And then you had the bands come up, and now we went back to single. And soon there's gonna be another revolution where people want the say again. They're gonna get artists. Um, you get the big four where you know all of the all history, the people in the band. History repeats. Yeah. Well, I already think we're seeing a lot of that. And, and I don't think you have to look any further than what we do with Grunge Bible to see that there's a there's a large portion of the population that wants that and that is interested in that. I mean, 90s culture, 90s music, I, I think, has, has grown in popularity uh, a lot in the last three or four or five years. I mean, it's all over TikTok. It's certainly all over Instagram. I mean, we've got almost half a million followers. I'm exactly. 90s style jeans now. Literally, that's how they advertise it. Everybody's coming out with 90s brands. Like, I mean, professional sports team are throwing back to like their 90s looks. And, you know, these designer brands are are, are reissuing stuff that they did in the 90s. And, you know, people, like you said, it's all cyclical. And it's like, we're just at that point. It's like 30 years in the rear view where people are starting to, um, to, uh, you know, uh, label as cool again, what was going on in the 90s. I'm convinced that, whatever happened 25 years ago is what's going to be nostalgic because that's what the parents of, that's what our parents were showing us like, or sorry, when we were like, when we were young kids, we were probably, we were getting the classic rock talk and they were the best bands ever. And they didn't care for the new stuff. And then fast forward and the parents now that are 45 years old that have the the teenagers, they're the ones that say we grew up in the nineties. So in a few years, you know, 10 years from now, we're going to get the, the 2000s nostalgia even more. And then you're going to get the yeah. 2010s nostalgia and it's going to be like yeah, Coldplay, cold yeah, like, dude. Like 20, 25 years, 25, 30 years Skrillex. in the past is always, there's always going to be a good bit of the population it's, that finds whatever was going on like 25, 30 years ago to be cool yes. and to be in. Yeah, um, because that's what their parents listen to. And yeah. like we all just reference, like we basically, and most people do this, it's like, you know, your parents or your older brother, which doesn't fit, but like a lot of people that you look up to, whatever they tell you to listen to is what you get into. And I believe that whatever you get into when you're younger is what, it, it holds a special place for the for your entire life, for sure. Yep. And, and, the, and the 90s and, and 90s music and 90s culture uh, is the perfect iteration of that because not only was it a very unique um style of culture and and style of art but i mean the 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 tenets behind it were so um defined and and you know people knew you know what you stood for but uh, but if you think about if you think about the kids in the 90s they probably said the same exact thing like the 60s were a perfect countercultural like the stuff that they were doing then they probably say the same thing that we're saying about the 90s which vietnam yeah yeah Yeah, exactly the war (laughs) mcnamara's a lying piece of shit (laughs) Mm -hmm. exactly yeah 
Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, That's yeah, cool. and it's one of those things. I mean, these conversations are always going to be happening. Um, and there's just with the passage of time, it's just the subject matter is changing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Next question. That was a good what one. Does, okay, I'm glad you like it. What does timeless mean to you? Insofar as there are clearly timeless songs, what criteria do all those songs have in common? That is a really good question, and and Drew, I have to say your uh, your setup today with the questions just keep leading right into the next one. This is <laughs> this is a masterclass. You should host the podcast more often. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a ploy so Ethan and I have to do less work moving forward. Yeah. So uh, it's I've been right saying we should it. have a third host this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's working. Oh man, that that I'll is go, a good question. Yeah, Ethan, you want me to go let's first? see what you have to say. Yeah. And I think this is I think this is true. And like this Good. is okay, this this is why I'm Good. saying it. I think it's a lie. <laughs> no, Chris, I was I, I think Chris is gonna agree with me because this is why Chris loves music, is because of what people talk about. And everything has been said. So basically you're coming up with stories and I, I believe that when a, when you can describe, say, sorrow or loss or victory or a certain feeling correctly with a certain a certain story um that is relatable to other cultures other you know um people of all of all all walks of life um that's when people can relate and that's when it doesn't matter when it was made so when we watch a video from the 60s and they say and they're talking about how the blues run the game and you can somehow relate that to your you know, suburban life in, you know, outside Pittsburgh or outside of Alabama and stuff. That's when you like connect with it. And I feel like those are a lot of times when the timeless comes, it's the subject matter. I I mean, the music and and how it's presented and the musicianship changes, but um, I think the content and what they're singing about life in general is always, that's what makes stuff really stick out. Yeah, I am... One thousand percent, right there with you, and especially, I mean, at this point, you you had just said that you know everything's been said, but I mean, in terms of like rock music, I mean, you know, chord sequences and song structures, I mean, so many things have been done and done over and over again. So, you know, what makes something timeless is exactly that—the ability of a piece of art to resonate with people across time, eras, across time, across eras, because you know the intent was was there and it was a genuine feeling that was put into it in a way i think the most timeless things you know in the, in the best songs are the ones that you can hear a song that was written by somebody that's a total stranger to you and when you listen to it it sounds like it was written about something that you experienced right uh and that has no expiration date i mean that's the same i mean people would be listening to you know Bob Dylan's work in the early sixties forever in the same way that I think people will really be listening to what Kurt Cobain had to say in the early nineties forever. Um, you know, there's just certain artists that had that gift to write about something that either they experience or write about an idea that they had and convey it in such a way that it resonates. It resonates with people as if it were their own experiences. And I think that's, that's what makes something timeless. Drew, what are your thoughts? I couldn't agree more. 
than what you guys just said. I think it's whatever is going on, whether it's the lyrics, whether it's the emotion and the voice. Uh, Obviously, there has to be a very high quality uh, performance going on. You know, it's like Frank Sinatra. um, It's it's almost like uh, acting almost, right? So it's like he didn't write we'd have to google it we'd have to fact check but he didn't write a lot if he didn't write most of what he's saying if any like a lot of those are like bold statement no i'm just kidding <laughs> no because like a lot of those are like those, i believe those like kind of that's a big band point. i mean he did big, a lot of big covers band. too yeah but yeah like a lot of those are just like big band classic songs that people right. sing all the time yeah. it's true i don't know how much of what he sang he wrote but his ability to convince you with his performance that what he's saying he feels to the fucking core yeah is what he feels and then you're like yeah mm-hmm. i feel that too man like my way it's my way dude that's a that's really a, good point I was because, my, I was, yeah yeah and I it's one of those things way. like whether it was that's a really good point like whether it was your feeling and your experience or your idea or somebody else's the 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 objective and and the you know what you have to do remains the same like you have to sell it in the sense that you have to convey it in such a way like you said the performance aspect um and i mean all great you know all great performance it it, it is theater in a way and it has those elements yeah yeah it's kind of like what oh, you were yeah. saying earlier um what were we talking about with the members um I was going to say, you, like when people cover, I think I was going to say, like, if you found out that, like Chris, if you found out that someone covered a song, they didn't actually write it. And you said that, you know, you, you go the country, we're talking about country and you go to basically Taylor Swift covered a Chris, Chris Stapleton song. Mm-hmm. Does that change the way you view it? Because they didn't write it, but they're still performing it in a way that makes you, that's not a good example because we don't like country. Or well, you like Taylor Swift yeah. though. You like Taylor Swift. Yeah. You don't like country. Perfectly, perfect example, actually. That's a perfect example. <laughs> perfect, perfect example. So <laughs> I'm so I'm the, good. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt feel like feel like Chip Run, Chip Brundage. I just fell right into my argument. <laughs> get up. <laughs> yep. So you get the point. Uh, do you feel when people cover songs, do you feel the same type of feelings or connections when uh, they didn't write those words? Yeah, which leads me, you know, and and puts more of my endorsement behind what Drew had to say, because that's, I mean, like, we've all got covers, and we've all got cover versions of songs that we prefer, you know, against the original, because the covering artist was able to uh, present it in a way that they made it their own, and they made it, they conveyed it as if it was theirs because of what they brought to it that nobody else could bring to it. So yeah, I, the performance aspect aspect of it is huge. Do you guys have a favorite cover performance? Oh my goodness. Um, I'll give you mine is, real quick. Unless, unless yeah, I want to, I want to hear yours true. Yeah. Well, one, one that just pops to the top of my head, uh, 30 seconds of Mars covers where the streets have no name. Ooh. I, as soon and as we finish so recording that, good. I am going to go and listen to that because that is one of my favorite songs, the the U two version, um, and like how much I and I think how much most music fans would revere the U two version, like the fact that you know Thirty Seconds to Mars, 
could do a version that you would feel so strongly about is incredible. MTV Unplugged with the gospel choir. 30 Seconds to Mars is so, so good. They are, <laughs> so they good. are like phenomenal. And it, it's funny, they had such an interesting career because Jared went into like acting and, and, and they were a, such a um, dynamic band for what was happening in the music industry while, while they were doing it. was like they weren't ready. No one was ready for that, basically. Dude, like yeah. uh, my my favorite Thirty Seconds to Mars song is uh, Kings and Queens. I mean, that thing is cinematic. Oh yeah, very yeah. perfect dun, word for dun, it. It's we yeah. tried so, to so cool. we tried to cover that song, and it was like it's way harder than you would think. Well, that's one of those things. <laughs> yeah, it's. Well, just maybe like you would not... think it's pretty hard because it is. <laughs> <laughs> Back then, I thought the cover shouldn't be hard, so I was like, "Why can't you sing this, Sam?" <laughs> <laughs> like because it's impossible. I'm not the guy's Jared an Leto. Academy Award winner. I'm not, dude. I'm not Jared Leto. I'm not the singer for Coheed. I can't do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do I my, have a yeah. Grammy yet? My uh, <laughs> my cover is definitely "Smooth Criminal" by Alien Ant Farm. Way better than the original by Michael Jackson. <laughs> wow, that's a blast from the past. No, I, Holy I do, shit. I, it's so funny because when I first heard that song, I was a teenager, don't get mad at me, but I didn't know that it was a cover. So when I heard that Michael Jackson played Smooth Criminal, I was so confused. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was pretty funny when I realized who wrote it first. And um, But I do think uh, Paint It Black by the Dirty Heads is a great cover Ooh. of the Rolling the Stones. Stones song. And oh, yeah. although I, it's one of my favorite Stones songs, but it is also... Such a good cover by it's like you know you never know a song can go reggae rap until it does. Yeah, dude. So that that it's that, that, that one is one of my favorites. We liked that one a lot growing up. Oh yeah. To personalize that, we also played it a lot live, and really fond memories of that. That'll do it. Yeah. Chris, what about you? Did you say? Oh man, um, the, it's it's so hard for me to kind of kind of decide. You know, in the in the grunge sphere. Or in the grunge-related sphere, um, Chris Cornell covered Prince's "Nothing Compares to You," which is really incredible. I mean, my mind goes to Johnny Cash's cover of "Hurt." Um, what Jimi mm-hmm. Hendrix was able to do with a lot of songs, namely, you know, "Watchtower," the, the you know Bob Dylan's original song. I mean, there's so many of them. Um, you know, it's really, really difficult to kind of think about. Hurt um, is Hurt is one of my favorite covers yeah, for that's sure. That's one that, of those that, songs like he just. Uh, he you stole know, it. Johnny Cash stole that song in the best possible way. Um, another one that I really, really love. Um, there's a song, I believe it's by uh, Sam's. No, I forget who it's by, but um, it's called 17 Going Under. Um, and one of my favorite bands, Camp Cope, um, covered it. Uh, they did a live cover uh, cover performance. Uh, it's a Sam Fender song, but I mean, they totally made it their own. And, and I love that song you know, way more than I could ever love the original. But I mean, it's like, you know, cover songs, it's incredible. And I mean, this doesn't even scratch the surface of, you know, what, what artists have done as one-off live cover performances, which I think when you can seize a moment like that is really special. Mm-hmm. Knocking on heaven's door, Guns and Roses. Dude. Yeah, exactly. And Clapton did a version of that too. I mean, there's, yeah. there's so many of them. Okay. Another softball. Why is um, It's Always Sunny the best show ever produced? <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, the floor is yours, Senator. <laughs> it's it's relatable. I mean, <laughs> everybody, 
<laughs> no, this guy's a piece of shit. But that's why I love it. <laughs> it's just it's just one of those shows that like I mean it's I think it's um, categorizes black humor, like humor that is darker and not said as much. And it's just I mean it was before you know Rick and Morty. Before I don't know, it probably was a more TV around then that also did that but They've i feel like they pushed a long time now they pushed the envelope yeah they pushed the envelope before other people seasons did seasons or something right? yeah, yeah exactly so they pushed the envelope before other people did and, and i think people really enjoyed that and uh again they started with a uh, camcorder in their uh apartment and they did it all themselves and they were just hilarious like it's home videos, you know what I mean? Like home video style stuff, which um, I was just talking to Drew and a few other friends last weekend about. Like, I just love like home videos. Like, remember when Faded Trade, our boy Faded Trade, came on? And, yeah, man. Uh, he Nick said that Rumble. he found he said that he found a VHS like a thrift store and bought it and watched it and thought it was awesome because it was just a bunch yeah. of random people like going to a concert. That that kind of resonated with me. I feel the same way. Like yeah, I love it's fucking cool those old um, videos. Like I can watch a random story and I feel very connected. And and that's how Sunny started. And it was it's very authentic. Yeah, uh, Ethan, you would love it. There's a lot of YouTube videos online, like people that had camcorders back in the day. It's like the last day of high school in 1994, uh, and you know somebody that's just so brought cool. brought a camcorder into school and was just like filming their friends and just like talking about stuff. I yes. mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, that's why it's so special to be able to document things. And it's so important that we continue to do things like that, um, you know, and have physical representations of that because I mean, it's, there's nothing, there's no better window into, into the past than, you know, if you can document something as it's happening and hold on to it, yeah. um, which, which in like kind of a weird way is one of the reasons back to the earlier questions, like, why I think it's cool to do this show and, and to do this page, because I mean, we put a lot of our personal day to day moods and things that are going on in our lives into it. Uh, so it's a cool little, you know, documentation of it. I think uh, also what I like about, like, so, so again, last weekend we, we, we got into a YouTube rabbit hole and we were watching the roof ball championships in 2008. <laughs> I heard about this. Yes. And I'm, I'm drew. I think you walked out on it cause drew doesn't, uh, <laughs> He he you wasn't. Said, you said fuck that. He didn't, he didn't understand, but I liked it because it was really 2008, and it was just they were videoing it and just cutting together like what was going on. There was no special cuts. There was you know there was no graphics. Yeah. It was just like a bunch of home videos recorded, and I can see me and my friends doing that. So like those those simple totally. cuts. Those simple cuts are 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 fun to me. Like everything's so advanced now which i'm not you know, which is great but yeah something about the simpleness of it back then was cool yeah 20 years ago because it's like the you know yeah absolutely yeah dude. i think i did walk out <laughs> that's all right that's we won't right. hold it against you i mean i yeah. wasn't there so even if i wanted to hold it against you i couldn't <laughs> but yeah so kind of like what you're saying like uh, we're literally kind of documenting our sort of experience on this planet just through this podcast just in some yeah many gl glimpses here and there uh, you guys have obviously interviewed a bunch of people mm -hmm. um, at this point 110 episodes from all of the interviews that you guys have had three things collectively or or separately if you want that you've gleaned from those interviews that you didn't know before 
um, as it pertains to in any facet. It doesn't have to be music industry. It could be music industry, whatever you guys want. Yeah. The three like most most like interesting things you've learned. Yeah, that's great. I would I would love to start with a couple of mine. Um, I'm just always. Um, I'm fascinated and, 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 and it's, it's a great reminder. Anytime we sit down and do an interview, like everybody's got a story to tell. Um, everybody has something that they're passionate about. Um, and, and I think it's so fulfilling and it's so illuminating and you can learn so much just by sitting back and listening to somebody talk about their passion. Um, I also think the interviews are incredible reminders and, and they make real, how difficult it is to be an artist and, and how vulnerable you have to be to be an artist. Um, and I think lastly, it just, you know, the interview process just really reinforces that, you know, nothing, nothing is anything without human relationships and without human connections. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll sit down and do an interview and, you know, we start talking before we start recording. And, you know, maybe by the time we're a couple of minutes into the episode, like we're starting to build our connection with that person. Um, and it's so priceless. And I think like, you know, connections between people are the, the bridge to, you know, exchanging any other sort of ideas, um, and, and, and any sort of knowledge and any sort of learning that you can do can't happen without that. So I, they always remind me of the importance of that and, and the privilege that we have to be able to do that with some really cool people. You know, we've had some really cool people in uh, to, to, you know, to come in on this show and um, really grateful for that because always, I think Ethan, when we finish, when we, when they, when they, when they leave the call at the end and it's just us, it's always like, wow, like that was a really good conversation. I learned a lot. And I'm so impressed by their passion, their work ethic, and I'm grateful for that new connection. Mm -hmm. I would also say that it's one thing I knew, but I am closer to it now, that how hard it is for artists. I knew I knew that being an artist and making it was difficult. That was like right. something that I you know, you know. But then you talk to everybody and like, you know, they are really putting everything they have into what they're doing and trying to get seen, trying to get heard and, and the sacrifices they make to get out there. Um, and, you know, everybody says like everybody, you know, you ask somebody and, and they know like, Oh yeah, the struggling artists. But like when you talk to people, they're like, no, like I'm really like trying my best to make this work. Um, so that, that's always a good reminder. And then also, you know, we're a good example because we have a, a big following on the page and when people talk to us and people hear us like we're just normal people. And when we, when we talk to these people that we rub shoulders with that we are, you know, amazed with or there's people that we're like, you know, impressed to be talking with, like they're regular people too and they have nor yeah. normal stories like we do with maybe bigger people or like, you know, what, however you want to say it, but... Um, they're just normal people too. And they struggle with a lot of the same stuff we do. And they don't answer emails because they're busy with normal shit or life shit. Like they're not trying to, you know, there's a lot of stuff that people like, you just don't want to answer your people. It's like, no, it's like, they're just, you know, busy and they want some time to themselves. So they don't answer the email. Like we talk yeah. about, like, I definitely can't do this right now type of thing. And so like, we're all, we're all in this together. It's hard being a musician. It's hard being like, it's hard you know, working a job and building something and building this and, um, and everybody's an, a person 
everybody is human like each other yeah. and and that's it's that's something to be reminded of a lot give people grace you know totally that's yeah. only two but whatever <laughs> we've got um, five between the five between both the two. of us yeah that's good we'll count it yeah there's some been some great who was your favorite interview no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> this one <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my favorite um, interview is the next one. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, what was you guys' first uh musical experience? Like if you can recollect all the way back, like the first time you're like a kind of a conscious, cognizant being, and you're like, okay, this noise is feels good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do I do remember this. Um, so my I didn't grow up in a like super musical family. Like music wasn't everywhere all the time, and and you know we weren't like super dialed into what was going on on the radio. But uh, my mom loves soul and Motown music, and I just remember being a kid. Um, in the um the 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 first house that we lived in, we had this living room, and she had one of those old old stereo sets, and and you had the ability, um, you know. It could play CDs. It could play records. She didn't have any records. She had a bunch of CDs though, and had a lot of, a lot of soul and Motown stuff. You know, like Aretha Franklin, um, Martha Reeves, like things like that. And and I, I remember, you know, just on on weekends, you know, like she'd be, you know, cleaning the house, and I'd be doing like the little chores that I had to do as a little kid. And you know, she'd put some put some Motown on, and uh, you know, I'd be listening to that. And I I, I remember that specifically. Um, I am fond of that type of music to this day. And I think a lot of it is, uh, you know, because of my mom. Nice. Um, for me. Cool. Yeah. For me, it's a tough one. Cause like, I mean, I remember like say like basic music interactions, I'd say, um, but I'm not sure. Um, like the first one, I remember going to. We went. We went to Broadway in ninth grade, and we went and saw The Lion King, and they had like a lot of you know, like yes. live music, and and like that was really impactful and cool, and like it showed me a whole new world, <laughs> in a way. Like because nice. we we went up to New York and we had a nice dinner at Maggiano's, and we went to The Lion King, and like that was really a cool music experience. Um. I think the Carmine. first, the Not first, but it's fine. well, he had an option. He had Carmine's, Maggiano's, and <laughs> uh, I, I believe Olive Garden was no Car- Carabas. I think Carabas. Bubba Gumps, right? Yeah, it was Bubba Gumps. Bubba yeah. Gumps. Yeah, you had an option. And he also picked Lion King, Spider Man, and which, uh, Wicked, Wicked, or Wicked. the Cats. Cats. Oh, cats, cats, yeah, man, cats. People loved that. Show. One of those, one blue, of those. Blue moon could have been yeah. all four of those. Um, so that was a really good one. My first concert that I remember, I remember seeing. Um, actually, I think my first concert was Newsboys. If you guys know them, it's a Christian no rock, a Christian are. rock band. Uh, then my dad, my first few concerts were uh, Christian rock bands like Newsboys, Switchfoot. I saw with Sam Culp. It was Switchfoot and Reliant K. Um, and then, yeah, so those are like my very first interactions that I can really remember versus like hearing like very impactful ones, I guess. Like, of course, Mm -hmm. like 
you know, I listened, I remember, I remember listening to, uh, like Fogarty while I was playing baseball in, in seventh grade yeah. or something like that over the loudspeaker. <laughs> Your dad playing some Rush records or something. <laughs> Dude, my, dad was, ru- <laughs> my dad was playing some, that's one of my earlier memories. That like <laughs> Rush records. <laughs> limelight. Yeah. I remember, I remember like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember being very young and uh, my dad was really into the doors. And oh yeah. He had a one of those. Remember when they made the double the double album, like CD? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like, on like, either side. Yep. Yeah, you know, um, it was like the you know you had a regular CD that was like this this thin, and then the double one was like opened on both sides. You know. Um, yeah. I remember seeing that I, yeah, that have, picture of of, those still. of homeboy just this with no shirt on and like yeah. And my and speaking of documenting, my parents always had a like a video camera. Uh, when we were young and they did video and I just like pretend that I was <laughs> homeboy and listening to that music break on through and uh, LA woman still to this day, one of my favorite songs ever. Oh, yeah. that's, Dude, awesome. that's one that's of my so, early. That's fucking awesome. I have to hop in here. I still yeah. remember um, the first day, Ethan, that I met you. I also met drew. I was on my recruiting visit to, uh, to, to pit um i was on my track and field recruiting visit and and i uh, remember i can i can be first yeah person. you you yeah, were I in um i forget tower, the names of tower them. a the, yeah the 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 battery towers the, the on twin uh, towers on, on, <laughs> oh, there were three of them there were three of them ethan um on uh on ABC, oakland or, right. or pa avenue and uh ethan took me up into your room i signed in and, and i met you drew and you had a uh, you had a doors poster uh, on your on your on your That's dormitory right. wall. So right. wow, yeah, what man. a visit! I brought you to my best friend Drew's <laughs> Ethan, like, so <laughs> apartment. Ethan, <laughs> Ethan Chip Chip dropped me off like um, up near the um, like uh, you know the road that would take you up to the Pete, and there was the. Um, uh, there was like the mental hospital on the corner. Like mm-hmm. he dropped me off somewhere over of there because that's where that's where you were. And like I got out with you, and then like you you like immediately took me to Drew's dorm. It's amazing. Uh, well, we probably got we probably got uh, dinner at the market. Probably. Yeah, I I bet we did. Yeah, probably. something like that. Or I had to show you the market. Yeah. Tower A, dude. Yeah, man. The well, I was say, so man. what 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 is one of your earliest? Um, this is similar, no, but not your earliest, but more. Um, a music memory that you have that is that sticks with you, and I have two that I can go first. I remember, yeah, like, I like also in Tower A. I remember when the album by Dirty Heads Phantoms were, was released, and yep. me, Drew, Minge, and honestly, there were like four or five other random people in the hall because that's what you did in college. You just went down the hall and saw what doors open doors make happy floors that's what rod yep. gino said shout out to the best ra ever and um we would we listened to uh phantoms in drew's dorm room for like i, I mean it was it was most nights i mean we listened to it like a lot up there because we were so into the dirty heads and i'll just always remember like listening to it because they had just um did they they just released an album the sounds of summer Sounds of Change. Or Sounds of Change was in the summer, leading, and then that was in the spring, or was it opposite? It was Phantoms it was in, first? The, Phantoms was in the fall. Yeah, Phantoms right was in the fall. Like, That's right. Yep. Yeah. So it was the summer before we went to school. 
was Sound of Change. Yes, yeah, that's right. And then Phantoms was Freshman. freshman but I remember, I remember listening to that in your in your uh, dorm room. It was great. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good one, dude. So, uh, I got another one that you're really gonna like, Drew. Okay, well keep keep rolling, dude. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, no, no, I want someone to go. Someone to go. Someone else to go. If you have something. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll I'll hop in. Yeah, I'll, please, I'll, please. I'll serve as a buffer. You gotta break um, it up. Well, one one that comes to mind, um, Ethan, you you were actually there. Um, I, I'm gonna have to say the uh, when we saw Pearl Jam for the first time in 2016. Mm. So that was the. That was the second concert that I had been to in my entire life. That's crazy. That was the only the second show that I had been wow. to. Wow. Um, and I think like that, like it was there was it was such a culmination of of everything that we had been experiencing for the previous year and a half. It was, you know, yeah. Finding so much in the music and like being able to see them, and and they opened with the most important song for us. Yes. Uh, release and 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 we had a. Uh, we had a friend of ours who who called the shot, and he he was texting us the week prior. He's like, "They're gonna open with release on on Friday night," and sure enough, they did. Um, that was uh that was the moment for sure uh, for me. So I think uh, I'm just I'm gonna leave it at that. That was the one. It's so interesting. So Drew, I don't know if you know this. So we we hung out in Rhode Island like yeah, the, we did. the th- four days. How long were you there? It was about a week. You, a whole you were getting week? back. You were getting back from a mission trip. Uh, wow! From Kentucky. It was. I was it in was, Ethiopia. Uh, I went right to Rhode Island. We hung out at gym. Twenty sixteen. And uh, actually, our buddy Adam was working in Rhode Island at the time. Yeah, he man. came and hung I met out. Adam, then that's when he met Adam. He came and yeah. hung out with us. Oh wow! In Rhode yeah. Island because he was working at. Um, he was working on a yeah. golf course, not Sleepy yeah, yeah, Hollow. Yeah. What was it called? Yeah, some golf course. Yeah. I was up there. And uh, and then me and Chris drove. It was only like an hour or something. Yeah, an hour up to Boston for Pearl Jam. It was yeah. awesome. It was really oh, that's good. Cool, dude. Fucking How about you, Drew? Rhode Island? Rhode Island. Uh, side note: best muscles I've ever had in my life. Rhode Island. Fucking right, yeah, man. We're a oh small state. God. We're the smallest state, but we're we pack a big punch. <laughs> dude, Cody. Yeah, man. Best seafood muscles here. I've ever had. Yeah. I totally, I'm not surprised by that. What makes a good muscle, Drew? The flavor. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, eventful musical memories. I mean, so many though. Uh, the one I just cited where I was just mesmerized by the cover of the Doors album. I remember the first time I heard Andre Pacelli, Time to Say Goodbye. I was just like, what the fuck? Fuck, this is sick. That is. I remember the first yeah. time hearing hearing lithium. Uh, yeah. It was in my living room in my first house. It was like right outside of Philadelphia. I had the stereo. I like figured out how to turn it turn it up, turn it on everything. It was like one of those uh, ones where it had like the six disc rotating yeah. thing. You remember those? Mm-hmm. And I remember playing lithium. I'm just like holy shit (laughs) it's so Um, weird when you have these experiences and while you're having the experience you know that things are going to be different from here on out Um, like you you only get that so many times in your life in different areas Um, and it's it's wild when it's happening because as soon as it's starting you you just know yeah i remember hearing um lay me down for the first time on the on the radio by dirty Mm -hmm. heads and mm-hmm. that changed my life as well because I was like, 
I like reggae. I think I'm going to like rap here soon too, you know? <laughs> and then my uh, musical vocabulary and, and uh, my palate changed for the better. Uh, and then, I mean, awesome. I remember my first, my first show. That's a very eventful memory. My first show with um, Green Day? Ethan, Miles My- Till Dawn. No, playing. Oh, yeah, playing. playing. Like, I remember the first time I performed, which was uh, just an acoustic thing with uh, our friend Sam Culp. And then shortly thereafter, I remember playing our first show uh, as our Talent old, old band called Miles Till Dawn. Um, yeah, and then and then our battle battle of the bands uh, that we played. Um, Those memories are a lot of a lot of a lot of eventful. I remember. I mean, I remember like when I f- drove out to LA and first got here. The day I got here it was like the day after I played a show at at uh. That's pretty sick. On Sunset That's, Boulevard, that you know, like, cool. that was an eventful memory as well. That's so, awesome. Yeah. The one that I was going to bring up, I remember, so usually when we practiced, we would play at the barn because my drums were there. And um, I got a new drum set and I had given my, I had refurbished and given my old kit to Drew, the hardware basically. Mm-hmm. So then we had a place to practice during the winter because the barn yes. got like <laughs> absurdly so cold. cold. Like, I mean, yeah, you don't, couldn't be a surprise. People don't know. Like, <laughs> your, I, I your tried, fingers can't. Yeah. I tried to get my parents to insulate it, and my dad was like, "You're gonna use it for three years and be done. Like, we're not gonna spend the money." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, you know, I didn't say fair enough, but I said that's bullshit. But it makes sense now that I'm older." True rock and roll ethos there. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking I, bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. So. <laughs> Um, this was, I believe, probably our senior year. Maybe, maybe, yeah, probably our senior year. Maybe one year into college. I don't know. And uh, we were practicing at Drew's house, his old house, on um, what was the street? Kubler Court. Kubler Court, yes. And um, we were in there and we were playing a cover of, of My Sweet Summer. And Drew had made a track to it. So, because it has mm-hmm. like some stuff that, so Drew made a track, and we actually, I, we borrowed slash took my drums, uh, the congas from my church, uh, Morningstar. We had the congas there. We had Sam. We had a bass, guitar. Two, I think we had two guitars. We had like, and we were playing like a, basically a mega set. I think Kobe Bartolucci was a part of it because there was like seven of us in your room. Yes. Yeah. And we, I remember we, had, we extended the band members. We had bass we, player, it was con- one of those things conga like, player, need, yes, uh, keyboardist. Um, we needed a few yeah. more people for this to pull off the show. I believe maybe it was for maybe it was for the marathon, uh, the mini. It was just a chap. It was, it was a chaplain show. It might have been the mini thon show. Anyway, um, we played this, and I remember playing the song. Uh, we had been obviously practicing on and on, and we played it, and we nailed it. We played it perfect. And afterwards, I was like, "God, I hope we didn't waste that one because it was perfect." <laughs> and like, I was like, "I don't know if we're gonna do that again." That was like, like we did like some solos in there, and it was just like one of those things that we just played like so well, and we were just in Drew's uh, bedroom. <laughs> you know, what That's I mean? amazing. Yeah. He had a big room, yeah. so it worked out, but. It was, you know, that was more for Drew than uh, anybody else. But it was just like a really specific, like, like we played that. I was like, 
I was like, damn, did we just, I was like, I don't know if we're going to play it that good again. And I, I don't think yeah. we did. I, I don't think we did. Oh, I doubt we did. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's no way we did. <laughs> oh, those are good memories. Yeah. Um, and then uh, next question I had for you guys is, because I don't know this answer actually for either of you. Um, f- favorite classic rock band and then album if it's not the same band no problem oh man that is an incredible question um i would have to say um trying to not think about it too much i absolutely love boston's debut album also named boston um i think that is absolutely incredible um brad delp's vocals um just i mean there's 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 not a single song on there that's you know that's skippable um it's such a complete effort i would say so i think i would i would definitely i would definitely mark that one down as being uh as being my my favorite album of, of classic rock but when it gets to bands it's really difficult i think to kind of narrow it down because there are so many different things going on there i mean you have like you know your 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 bluesy classic rock bands. You have like your your classic rock that was more rooted in in a little bit of folk, and then you had like your psychedelic, you know, realm. Classic so rock, it's yeah. really difficult because like, do you think of like, do you think of the Stones as a classic rock uh, band? Do you think of the band as a classic rock band? I mean, where where do the Eagles fall? Uh, you know, so it's really really difficult to kind of decide. I mean, is is Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band are they a classic rock band? I mean, it's a it's really really difficult. You know, I would I would include a lot of those if if they qualify on my short list. But I think for my favorite album, it's it's got to be Boston's debut album for sure. Interesting, cool. The local radio station I, uh, did say that anything over twenty five years is classic rock. So grunge fits well, fuck man uh creed's creed's classic rock <laughs> my own prison came out in 97 that's uh that that's 25 years old now so holy shit that's yeah, man. one of, that's such a good album holy life God. comes at you fast man the police for me for me just like i love the police like outlandos um the mortar or however you pronounce it that mm-hmm. album is so good Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Rush, Moving Pictures. Yep. Jesus. Yeah, it's it's really really difficult to even decide. I mean, it, like I I think the seventies and the nineties have a lot of parallels in the sense yes. that they were so diverse. There were so many different things going on. Um, you know, in terms of different genres, different styles, different artists, and um. I mean, I think, you know, you can't find two more rich eras, rich decades when it comes to artistic production when, in, in music. I mean, there's a reason I, I you know, people are always, always going to listen. I mean, Zeppelin too. I mean, you, you got to include them in, in the conversation. Um, you know, there's, people are always going to be talking about these bands. So Ethan, did, do you have any, uh, any input for this one? Yeah, uh, I believe, I think my favorite I really was enamored by Pink Floyd when I was younger. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure why, but I love, I mean, I love The Wall. That's one of my favorite albums by them. And uh, I do, I do have a very distinct memory. And, and Quinn, my brother, would back me up is when we were at on vacation in the Outer Banks, we obviously shared a room. And I liked, we, we, we shared a room all growing up and we listened to cassettes 
growing up. Like my parents would put on cassettes as we'd like fall, fall to sleep. Totally. Totally. And it would be it would be Adventures in Odyssey if you know what that is. It's like a mystery, like a Christian mystery type of thing. And or there's like some some praise worship my 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 mom would put on. It's soothing stuff. But we'd also when when it was our turn to choose, I remember putting on um, Pink Floyd for the, on these vacations. We'd listen to Pink Floyd as we fall asleep, and it was the perfect music to kind of fall asleep on and shine on your shine on your crazy diamond. Uh, was one of my favorite songs to listen to. It's just beautiful, you know, saxophone solo and stuff. And so Pink Floyd always had a really special place. I felt like they were so. I felt like there was the classic rock bands, and then Pink Floyd had its own genre and its own thing yeah, going on. Totally. And, I, and I, I just love that about them. I was like, I love how they're so different compared to the other classic rock stuff. So Pink Floyd. Oh yeah, favorite punk band. Classical punk, punk or any punk? Uh, I was thinking more cl- more classical punk. I mean, it's hard. It's I mean, it's hard to not say the Ramones. The Ramones are really, really awesome. I do like the Sex Pistols. I listen to them a good bit. Um, but the Clash. I dude. but I was to say, but the Clash. The Clash. We we kind of got into them, and uh, I, I would say the Clash is. Um, more my yeah I, I love i love 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 some good clash would uh do we consider would joy division have any any uh would you consider them to be punk i don't think so i'm un, I don't, i'm not familiar yeah no we're, we'll 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 save joy division for another time but yeah um, <laughs> yeah they they won't be they won't be a part of this discussion but oh, oh staying on the favorites so i mentioned earlier uh what i've listened to a lot is um just a lot of classical stuff uh but i love movie soundtracks mm-hmm. what is y'all's favorite movie soundtrack do you think or or just or or perhaps um composer of movie soundtracks that you're familiar with oh yeah I, I, gotta I, don't, get, I don't know i don't know I how gotta, familiar you guys are with yeah Oh, I got a good one. When you brought that up earlier, I thought about this, and I would say, "Have you seen the movie Tenet, Drew?" Oh my god! Yes. And do you, know, do you know do you know the soundtrack to Tenet? Obviously, Ludwig Ludwig, Ludwig Gor- Gorenson is it? Gorenson, yeah. Yes, that that soundtrack is phenomenal. Really believable. Yes, really, really good. Obviously, um, he yeah, did Black Panther as well. He did, oh, uh, he's he's done a bunch sense. of stuff. Fruitvale Station. Yeah. He's really good. Obviously, all of Hans Zimmer's stuff is really hard not to love, like Dark Knight and whatnot. But uh, but Inception. the Tenet soundtrack was very... Yes, Inception. But the Tenet soundtrack was, was really fun and pretty different than the others that we just talked about. Yeah. I'm going to... I'll, I'll hop in here. Um, I'm, I'm not very well read, but... Um, Goodwill Hunting. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Elfman, who did a little bit of soundtrack work for Goodwill Hunting, the, the namely, namely uh, the song, uh, the song that is titled "Weepy Donuts," which is played towards the end of Goodwill Hunting. Oh, dude. Yeah, Dan. I, I am a, I'm a Danny Weepy Elfman Donuts fan. Such a banger. If, Danny if Dan- Elfman is awesome. He did the 1989 Batman. No shit. He- yeah, dude. The more he you did know. a he did Toby Maguire Spider Man, which is wow. a phenomenal soundtrack. No way. Definitely got a ch- oh yeah. 
gotta check that out danny elfman's all over the place man yeah he's great it's fucking awesome yeah you, you i mean you guys have to be john williams fans just by default i'm sure right naturally naturally he did that one yeah there you go jurassic um, fucking love jurassic park yeah um, I, I got to tell you, it's um, it's 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 always a privilege, you know, to be able to have these conversations. And this is the only setting where, like, I mean, this is kind of in a way like lowercase w, like this is work in, in like making these podcasts like we have to do it. But like this is the only work setting where like I can kill a bottle of wine and, and talk with like two of my really good friends um, you know, about music. <laughs> and uh, I, I just have to say, I'm, Man, I'm really still- grateful. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be able to do this. And, you know, that opportunity <laughs> would not Couldn't be possible. Be possible. <laughs> <laughs> without, <laughs> absolutely. Without the help of uh, people who contribute to us financially, uh, <laughs> which are the top level Patreon supporters on patreon.com backslash grunge underscore Bible. Um, this is awesome. Oh, man. Yeah. So this is the time where we have to thank <laughs> we have to thank the patreon supporters and um historically i've always been able to get through this list very easily uh without any sort of shenanigans i i stumbled one time when we did the stone temple pilots episode maybe two months ago uh so we'll see how this one goes but i would like to thank fuck <laughs> there it is the clean clear yeah, right. every time like every time <laughs> soup fresh tendonitis faith bittner granny grunge jade mercado jamie lynn <laughs> carlene salona my mother chris ella chris lsms doug endy eddie vetter got me through my second divorce who by the way gifted me the bottle of wine that i consumed kara k captain high top brother nature rachel corning nikki six millie alex long Black Hole Sean, Alexis Shannon, The Blue Owl, Laura Nyreen, Seattle 4, Fanboy from New Jersey, Corden Stewart, Shoe the Shoeless, What the Fuck's Up Denny's, and Christine Shepard. <laughs> so thank you to our top level supporters Cheers on Patreon. To the also, if you're watching on YouTube, you may notice that I'm wearing a sweatshirt that has the Grunge Bible logo on it. If you want one, just head to the show notes. We've got links there. You can go buy it. You can steal my look. You can oh, do yes. that. It's really easy. What about the Especially, hat? What are you wearing on the hat? Oh man! So the hat is um, Ethan. I got this when we went to California. Um, oh, this is from, I love that hat. It's from the River Rock Roasting Company in Laverne, Utah. So talk about the best coffee experience you've ever yeah, had. Probably it was pretty fucking. It was pretty sat, fucking cool. Sat in front of a cavern drinking that coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Those gr- those Grunge Bubble sweatshirts are super high quality, American made. Uh, you don't want to miss it. They're true to fit, pre shrunk. It's crazy. Get yours, get yours while they're available now. They got that punk feel to them. They're good. You know, we're, we are we're running out, so get them now before they are gone forever. Excellent. Thank you very much, patrons. We uh, couldn't do this without you for real. Um, it's true. Last few questions here, fellas. Uh, <laughs> what are you guys here. thinking about? Do you guys pay attention? Number one, do you pay attention to pop music at all? If so. <sighs> I thought you were going to say political news. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're changing the conversation right now. <laughs> Ooh. Um, classic just got fired from Fox. Yeah, classic so. Don Lemon's gone, Don dude. Lemon Don Lemon, Lemon. <laughs> We lost the boat. Over. <laughs> Two birds, anyway. one stone. Um, I'll go to CNN, Ethan. You go to Fox, and then we can, we can cross-platform debate, you know? Yeah. 
So what do you guys think about where music is going today if you are paying attention? Hopefully you are. What do you where think? Do, what do we think about where it's going or where do we think it's going? What do you think about where it's going? Or where do you think it's going? <laughs> <laughs> um, I w- if I'm put on the spot, I think I think it's fine. I think it's good. I'm always impressed by stuff that comes out. No, it's one of those things like I'm trying to think of what like it's it there's a there's a difference between like what I want to hear come out by the bands that I want to produce certain sounds and stuff and by what actually is coming out and they go, Oh yeah, that's pretty good. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times music comes about and like, yeah, like this I understand why this is popular. And I'm very like, you know, I don't want to call out <laughs> you're like Nick. Our good friend Nick, like he is like a, a Grateful Dead guy. And Deadhead. Like, he is, he loves to, I don't want to say hate, but like, I mean, he likes to. Country, he's like, a contrarian as it pertains to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like when I hear something that like I think is objectively a good sounding thing, like even though like I may not usually listen to it or for whatever reason, like not may not like it, I still um, give it its give it its dues, you know, and give it its props. So I think that like, I'm still, stuff comes out by artists that I don't know, or I don't, I don't really see coming if they're outside of the sector that I like follow. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm still impressed by what they're doing. I'm impressed by the young talent that's out there. So I think the music is moving in, in a fine direction. I mean, it's always going to be changing. So let's not act like we can stop that. Um, so yeah, I think it's in a good direction. I think, I think it's fine. You know, is it exactly what I want? Hard to say, <laughs> cause I still like what they're, what they're putting out, but, mm-hmm. um, you kind of, you get, the, you get the idea. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've noticed that, uh, tempo has gone up. So people are, are, are. It used to be like there was like a certain tempo. Like a few years ago, it was like 100 BPMs ish, or like 70 BPMs was very popular. Now it's like faster. So you know, 130, 140. Um, have you guys noticed that at all? I I don't know that I, but, like I'm, I'm as in tune when you to be say able that. To, yeah, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris, like the tempo, of, like the songs that are popular, are just like much faster now. It seems. Maybe it has to do with yeah. the fact that like young people have such a short attention span because of TikTok and in the world. I think you could. <laughs> they, got, I, they got to keep things sped up. But I, I have to say, to, to answer your initial question, um, the last thing that I ever want to become is one of those stuffy older people that liked music that came before what is currently popular amongst young people and just yeah. the people that automatically discount something because it's newer than what they grew up on. Um, right. And as we get older, a lot of, a lot of us, a lot of people who are our age, a lot of our friends are going to fall into that. And like, I don't want to become that person. And like, honestly, like the kids are all right. Like they're doing, they're, they're, they're making stuff and you know, it's, it's going to be up to them where they take it. And I think every generation deserves the opportunity to 
um, to make those decisions and to and to take art and to take you know top forty music in this case uh, in the areas that they want to take it. I mean, if 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 guitar driven music comes back, great. Um, you know, and it, and if it doesn't, that's great. I mean, I think you can you can gain something from from all types of music, and and whether you like something or not, I think you at least have to have to give you know what's popular a chance. You know, give it a listen and 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 just try to understand like where these people are coming from because uh, you know it's popular for a reason. Totally. Cool. Where do we go from here? Um. <laughs> Always go up. Um, only, as far as the, the only music, way out is up. We talk about music industry. You're talking about like where was, physically was, am I going from here after we finish this podcast? I meant a little bit of the podcast, but also just life in general for just however you interpreted it. Uh, your gut so initial thing is, is what the way this I'd is like a really you to. Good, um, I love that you asked this question. So when I was a senior in high school, um, I took it was it was standard like second semester seniors, I think. We all took a like it was like a philosophy class and the first big assignment, it was like an eight page paper and the entire prompt was where are you? And you you just you had to write eight pages just depending on what you thought that was asking and, and what you wanted to answer relative to that question. So please I, forward I, me your final <laughs> man, you, you think I have that? I, I don't have, have any room on you my You have laptop to have right that. Now. I don't have that. Turn anymore. it in.com, dude. Yeah, Log in. The, the teacher has it. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go and ask uh, my teacher ask at the, the time, teacher. Mr. Barry, if he can find it. He's long retired now, though. I don't know where that is, man. Yeah, you have to keep in mind. I went to a I went to a very Catholic Catholic school, so I'm sure to get a good grade, I probably answered in terms of uh, you know religion and uh, you know a bunch of different things like that. But who knows? Maybe maybe if I'm bored tomorrow, I'll just write like ten pages on where am I. But that's chat. You know what? No, we don't have to do that because we have. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude! If Chat works smarter, existed, not yeah, exactly. harder. Tell me where I am, Chat GPT. I need eight pages on it by tomorrow. Um, I don't. I don't have to write it. I don't have to ask Chat GPT because Drew McFadden just asked us. Where do we go from here? For a second, I thought the question was where are we, and I was about to go on that. <laughs> um, where do we go from here? I think for the music, I do. I I do think, like you said, we could guitar-driven music. Is it coming back? Is it going to continue to push forward? And and as much as I love it, I hope it doesn't. I want to hear something I've never heard before. And I think I think people like that uh, twenty five years ago probably think of the same thing. And that's why grunge took off, you know. And that and they want to hear something different. So, uh, what is it? What is it that we're going to hear? And it's hard to think that there's more sounds, more stuff out there we haven't heard before. So that's the fun part about it. Also. Um, as far as the Grunge Bible podcast, I think that we're going to keep churning and burning episodes <laughs> and all of a sudden something's going to happen. Something's going to hit. I don't know what it's going to be. Something's going to happen. And I think we're going to be ready for it because we've had plenty of time to prepare and be there <laughs> for it. But, um, I think, I think that we're going to do, we're going to do the slow build and it's going to work. And then, you know, hopefully, and then we're going to look back and wish that we wrote, you know, a letter to ourselves from 2000 and, and 
2013 when we first thought about this, or 2015, that is, 2016 type of stuff. Yeah, man. I'll follow that up. Um, Where are we going musically? Um, I just hope that we go, we continue to go into places where people make art not because they want it to be popular or not because they want to be wealthy, but they make art because it matters to them. And, and, and there's so many artists nowadays. One of my biggest gripes that I have, you know, we get all these old curmudgeons that comment, you know, on, on grunge Bibles posts and they'll say stuff to the effect of, Oh, like back when music was good, like everything on the radio fucking sucks now. Like every, all new music's terrible. There hasn't been good music since the nineties. Um, it's out there, you know, people are still, creating in the really good shit yeah they're still creating in the same spirit that the the people that made the songs you love were creating music in so i mean i think like i don't think that's ever going to change i think we're going to stay the course in that you know i hope we go into a place where people you know give give things a shot just because somebody's younger than you or doesn't look like you uh, or doesn't come from where you come from doesn't mean that what they have to say doesn't have merit so i i hope we go into an area where people are more open to listening to stuff, uh, you know, from younger people listening to stuff. That's not the, the, the genre that they're used to um, because there's so much to gain. Um, And, you know, in terms of the grunge Bible podcast, where do we go from here? Well, this is episode 110, So I guess that means we go to one eleven next week. Um, Yeah. uh, Ethan, we're churning and burning. We're in the trenches week in and week out. Uh, everyone listening is there with us. Drew, you're there with us. Um, you know, that's that's where we're going to be until we decide one week. Um, I very much believe that when the podcast ends, I don't think we're going to announce it. I think we're going to Irish goodbye it. Uh, there will be an episode 214 and then 215 will just never come. Uh, I think I think that's what's going to happen. Um so I hope that's what happens. I think that would be the best way to end it. What did what was the quote from Old Creep Summer? Or- <laughs> oh, Mishka Shibali. Yeah, uh, missed, yeah. What, what did Mishka yeah, say? So, so he said he's um, pulling he's pulling so, it up here. So, I love so this. Mishka Shibali did a podcast. So he edited. He's he's a really good writer and and he's a um, a, a good singer songwriter in his own right. But he edited Mark Lanigan's memoir. That's how I got to know of him. And he had been doing a podcast for about. Um, about a year and a half and it's ending because his producer is going back to college and uh, he's not going to have anybody to produce him anymore. Um, so, you know, he ended up doing his podcast for, for 18 months and he said, I feel lots of ways about wrapping the podcast up. Here's one of them. A thing can end without failing. Sometimes you just complete it. And I, I very much believe, <laughs> I mean, if, if this was the last episode that we ever did, like, it would certainly not be a failure. It, it'd just be completed. So I, that's my wish for this podcast that when it's over, it's complete. There's no, Amen. um, I don't want to look back and be like, Oh, I wish I could have done this more. Um, because it's not going to matter. Like once it's over, it's complete. And when that time comes, I'm, I'm sure I'll be, I'll be, I'll be happy with that. So I love it. Well, I love it so well, much. In regards to my supplemental income, I hope that this isn't the last episode. But. <laughs> <laughs> We're still rolling. We got to buy some new mics because uh, these for low, for low, for low. Yeah. So yeah, that's your cue. If you're listening, give us your money uh, so we can give Drew a raise and end his furlough and get some better equipment. But you know what? The the DIY ethos of this podcast is, I think. Uh, I mean, Tim said so it when we had him great. on. He loves it. 
Yes. Yeah. Tim actually said, "Don't get any good mics." Yeah. <laughs> keep, know, keep, keep the weed whacker in there. So if you guys are listening, at turn this it point, up. If turn you guys it are, up. If you guys are still listening, I'm gonna take an honest opinion because Drew has the mic that he wants us to buy. I'm assuming it's probably a step. Yeah. As honestly, probably a step up than what he told us to 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 buy. So who who no, sounds no, better? Well, yeah. No, not a, not only who sounds better, but. You know, is it okay? <laughs> like our our mics are ten X less than what <laughs> Can he's Can you using. give us permission to keep making the episode how we're making it? Drew, comment? Dude, well, uh, uh, well, in my defense, Ethan, you used this microphone for the <laughs> the, <laughs> the podcast that you guys were at my house. And your yes. voice sounds so good with this mic. I know. It sounds so good. It's like you know what to say. Buy it. <laughs> we need your help. <laughs> Patrons, we need and your help. I, I need, anyway, I need guys. something. I need something to make my myself tolerable to the listeners. Um also, Drew, your question, where do we where are we going? Um there's one other there's one other way that I want to answer it um in terms okay. of this specific episode. Uh we have to go eventually to songs of the week. Uh, and that's the segment where we tell people what we're listening to and we strongly encourage them uh, to also listen to it. So if we have any other questions, um, no, now's no. the time to get to them, because if not, I believe um, we might be at the good point. You know, we did the patrons. We did the check in. Um, we did the quick 40 minute episode that turned into an hour and 40 minutes of episode. <laughs> and <laughs> now the only thing that's left is song of the week. and then. Maybe if I'm if I'm feeling feisty, uh, it's it will also you know I'll also have to be irrationally upset about something. But that's kind of that was like older Grunge Bible podcast content. Like I haven't, I really haven't been upset lately. It's true. Even <laughs> maybe that's just a good sign. I'm though, telling too. you, go back to like episodes like one through fifty. I was always I was always upset about <laughs> about something. I loved it. Yeah, I 50, loved it. Fifty one yeah. through one oh nine. I mean, Drew was like. Been, Egg them on, egg them on. <laughs> Lean into it. God yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Build your right, stick. So- my-, <laughs> <laughs> my song of the week is way back uh, off of Skrillex's new album. Uh, it's called Don't Get Too Close. And the artists uh, composing the record are Skrillex, uh, Pink Pantheress, and Trippy Red. Check it out. Fucking awesome. It's awesome. Why do you like it? Yeah, it's Why do I like it? Because it is up tempo. Um, 130 up-tempo. beats per minute, maybe? <laughs> it could be 130 beats per minute, I think. It might be 120. Yeah, 125, 130. Um, and it's 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 short, it's concise, it's a little bit creative. Uh, and the mix is pretty nice. That's why. The mix is good. I love that. I'll go next. Um, this song is not the song that I thought would be my song of the week, but for some reason, it is my most recently liked song. And I know for a fact, I didn't like this song. <laughs> oh, mistaken I, identity. I like I like this song, and I'm glad it's here. But I didn't put this song on and like it. And maybe someone okay. here knows what I'm talking about. Maybe they don't. Oh, a little bachelor but, party issue. But, apparent, but apparently, 
my most recently like like song is My Sacrifice by Creed. <laughs> oh <laughs> my <go>. god. <laughs> Off of the Weathered album, which That's is That's fucking sick. Which we need to talk Weath- about more. The album weathered cover. The album cover. They're I know just, I know Chris loves that. They're carved that album. into that tree. <laughs> Weathered off of the Weathered album is way better, but oh yeah, me, my sacrifice is and amazing. Can't hold me together. <laughs> I'm covered in sin. I love. I do love this song. Bam, it's bam. so good. And uh, they played it at a yeah. It's so good, dude. What they played it's it? Where? So good. Yeah. At so, like uh, at the Olympics uh, one time. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Salt Lake in '02, I believe they they played a they played a concert. Yeah, oh, Ethan, you're not, you're not surprised that I know that. I know all that kind of stuff. I know. I am so glad that this is my song of the week. Another Creed song makes the list. Thank you, God. Chris, you're up. It's <laughs> fucking great. All right. Um, my song of the week, uh, we're going to keep it short and sweet. Um, I need an emergency call to the Dan uh, we're going Steely Dan, Do It Again Yes, is my song of the week. Um, I've been, I mean, the Dan just creeps up sometimes, like mm-hmm. you don't expect it to. And the next thing, like you turn, you're like, holy shit, like you're, you're, you're a little too close to me right now, but you're, you, you don't push them away because it's the Dan and um, yeah, do it again off of Can't Buy a Thrill, um, 1972. That's going to be my song of the week. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Great picks. There well, we guys, I can't, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Yeah, thanks um, for having us on your podcast. Thanks for having, <laughs> thanks for having us, Drew. Uh, yeah, we'll have to do this again. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to have you guys on again. Uh, the pleasure is always mine. I hope you enjoyed the wine. Um, I, did. Yeah, I did. And thank you for your time. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had to make sure it's all gone. Yeah, thank you um, for having us on your on, on your space. Uh, yes. You know, this is your podcast, so I'm grateful it is. to... Uh, if you'd like to follow us, we're at at grunge underscore Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can follow us uh, on any of the podcast <laughs> sites that you use. Actually, though, if you are listening and you aren't following, I would be surprised. Especially at this point. <laughs> at I this mean. point, if you're making it to the end of this and you're not, if you're not subscribed, quit joking around with not only us but yourself stop listening i'm just gonna be like yeah you have two options yeah stop listening or follow our page follow our podcast not our page i don't you know we care about this if you're not following us like i'm gonna be like it's late enough in the episode i'm fucking pissed (laughs) you gotta gotta follow us we're back chris is honestly like chris is hot the The gang's hot here we go let him go the podcast has been on a little bit of a heater lately since we did that top 100 episode. Um, we've been skyrocketing in terms of listens, downloads, follows. We've gotten a lot of really good positive reviews. So if you're still listening at this point and you haven't done any of that, um, I am hereby ejecting you from the podcast. So please stop listening now. Or if you'd like to keep listening, you, you got to do one of those things. You got to subscribe. You got to follow. Leave us a review. Or send us a message and, and and talk shit about us directly to our faces. Right. Be, yeah. Oh yeah. Be upfront about it. Exactly. And I would like to yeah. I would like to second that and say that if you are at this point, um, become a patron because yeah, you're not gonna miss that five dollars. Yeah, you're not you're gonna not, miss that ten dollars. Yeah. If you're at this point, like, like, come on, come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> come on. 
Come on. With that all being said, thank you guys so much. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me you. on, Drew. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for having me on. <laughs> it's always a pleasure talking, and uh, I hope everybody is well, does well, uh, goes well, and uh, we'll see you guys next week, huh? All's well that ends well. See you next okay. Monday, boys and girls. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Cheers, Rock and roll. roll.